Welcome to Growth Marketing Today, where marketers, designers, and product owners level up their growth marketing chops from experts in today's top startups. Here's your host, Ramley John. Welcome to episode 111 of Growth Marketing Today. I'm your host, Ramley John. <laughs> I love saying that. It's 111. <laughs> well, anyway, today I have Elise Dobson, and she's going to be talking about how she built this affiliate site with very few content. One of the biggest misconceptions about ranking a website on search engines is that you need a ton of content. But in just a few months, Elise Dobson, a B2B freelance writer for SaaS companies such as HubSpot, Hotjar, Databox, and more, launched an affiliate site with over 6,500 monthly organic visitors with less than 25 pieces of content, which is crazy. So I asked her a ton of questions about this. In this episode 111, you'll learn first, least process for creating content that ranks high on search engines. Second, how Elise used Facebook groups to research new content ideas. And third, how Elise distributed her content. So it's just not her and her mom looking at the content. She had a crazy interesting distribution plan that involves even Pinterest. Now, before we jump in, I have created a free growth cheat sheet with all the actionable tips from this episode in a one-page PDF. If you're already part of my mailing list, you will get that directly emailed to you. If you're not, why are you not? You get this notes from this episode, all the tips, all the advice, all the notes that you can take away to your business to grow it faster. Why take notes about this podcast when you can just steal mine? Go to growtoday.fm forward slash 111 or find the link in the description. Now get it before it goes away because I only keep this up for the next seven days until I publish the next episode. So if you don't get it now, you will miss out. I want to also thank those who made this episode possible. Now, these folks help cover the cost of hosting and marketing tools so I can focus on getting amazing experts like Elise on this show. Thanks to 42 Agency. Now, 42 Agency works with high-growth B2B SaaS companies, helping them build and scale revenue and marketing operations that accelerate demand generation and pipeline growth. You can learn more about them and get a free $500 consulting time at growtoday.fm forward slash 42. That's number 42. Or find that link in the description. Well, enough about me. Let's jump in in my chat with Elise. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to chat with Elise. Uh, she is a freelance content writer and she's worked with some really amazing companies. And she also has an affiliate site that she's been working on, the site that got some really great traction that we'll talk about with less than 25 posts published, which you know people think you have to publish a lot. So before we do, how's it going, Elise? How are things with you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I like we were talking about summer is my favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite. Spring is my favorite uh, season, and can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> and you're calling from uh, UK, I believe, right? Yeah, or, yeah, somewhere? the UK, north of England, which is the best part. But don't tell anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? Why? Why is North England? Is it the weather? The the scenery? Oh, it's definitely not the weather. Not a chance. <laughs> the weather is horrendous. <laughs> Uh, the people, the people are much friendlier mm, up north than now in London. Interesting. That's good to know. I've only been to London, UK once. And yeah, I mean, I, 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 there was a conference. I didn't get really to, to chat with people. So I wouldn't know, but it's good to know hear from you. <laughs> no, uh, before we start talking about content and growth marketing, I love asking questions that uh, just help people get to know you, get to know the guests a little bit. And you have a, a doggy named Hugo that you, you tweet a lot about. So I'm curious, what is Hugo's favorite 
toy. Anything he's not allowed to have it would be the simple answer. <laughs> huh. What is, what is that? Soft, pillows? He loves pillows. He loves duvet covers. Anything soft <laughs> that he can run away with. Even the TV remote, for example, is something that he's obsessed with. Yeah, anything he can pick up and make me chase him around to get back is his favorite toy. <laughs> That is funny. I have two. Well, my my Joanna, my wife, has two dogs because I'm not really great with dogs. <laughs> but what kind of dog? What kind of dog is Hugo? He's a spaniel. Uh, so he's a, a mix between cool. two spaniel breeds. Um, not very common in the UK. Uh, but we'll get onto this later. This is the topic of my affiliate site, actually. Oh, cool! Yeah. I didn't know because you were very you were very secretive about what is your affiliate site on on Twitter when you posted up about that. Yeah, I don't mind sharing it. It's just I'm trying to. It's not as perfect as the rest of the stuff mm. that I tried to put out. Uh, I'm quite a perfectionist, right. so it's not finished, and I don't think it ever will be finished. So I'm trying not to, mm. you know, shout about it to the world, <laughs> but I'm happy to share it. That's that's cool. We'll we'll chat about that for sure. Yeah. Uh, before we do, let's let's. I w- I'd love to hear your story. How did you get into freelancing uh, uh, for B two B SaaS companies? Yeah, so it actually goes back to I'm 22 now, so it goes back to when I was about 12 or 13. Um, I actually started my first blog when I was 12. Um, it wasn't about anything interesting. It was about what I was doing at school, who my favorite teachers were. So it was pretty boring on the whole to anyone else but me. Um, and then. I love that. And then I left school not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, it's quite funny, actually, because it was my grandma who always said, Elise, you should be a writer. You clearly love it. You should do that for your job. And my response every time was, if I have to do it for work, then I won't enjoy it. Mm, and long true. story short, I ended up doing it for work. <laughs> so I left school, <laughs> got sick of that blog. I was kind of making a bit of money on the side with it. Um, but I felt like it was all myself and I wasn't getting any, any real education. Um, so I ended up getting a job at a marketing agency in Manchester. Worked there for two years doing a bit of everything. Um, Facebook ads, co- copywriting, basically any marketing thing you can think of. I did it while I was there, which was quite good because it you know, let me test around and see what I liked. Um, and then I settled on blogging because I remember at the time, this was probably about 2016, I said to my boss, I was like, you know, we're writing 500 crappy pieces of content and we know the crap up, so why are we doing it? Um, and I actually begged him, I was like, please just let me try it for the agency website. Let me write something long and see if it works. Uh, and it did. And I figured out that that is what I wanted to do, you know, really research a piece and go really deep into something. Um, but they wouldn't hire me for that. And I preferred working for the agency rather than the clients. Plus, it was frustrating that they was getting, you know, all the money and I was getting minimum wage, basically. So I ended up going freelance. Um, I actually tested it for, I'd say, six months. Um, Got enough clients on the side that I could replace my income uh, and then handed in my notice. And yeah, that's how I quit. That is a great story. I love how you like tested it out for six months first before you actually quit. It, would that be your advice to any f- people who want to start freelancing? Oh yeah, definitely. But even even saying that, it's good to have some money back up because what happened to me is I thought, yep, I've got six months um, worth of experience now. I've got my clients that are going to hire me. And then as soon as I left, I think that first month I made like £200. So if I didn't have any money saved, I would have been screwed basically. 
That's true. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. You you want to have a little bit of a runway, yeah. so to speak, before you, you, you pull that trigger. Exactly. And it's, and it's cool that you already have a few relationships. What I find with freelancers who are good at what they do is that they get recommended, right? So that, that must have helped with also that initial first year getting recommendations. Yeah, that's how happened? I actually started freelancing in the first place. My first client was my boss. And then my second client was my boss's friend. And then it just kind of grew from there. And what, what kind of companies, I've checked out your website, but for my listeners, what kind of companies have you worked with in there? pretty big. Uh, so I've worked with HubSpot. I've worked with Databox for quite a while. Um, I'm working with CoSchedule at the minute. Uh, I've worked with Conversion Excel. Basically, big SaaS brands is kind of my go-to. That that makes sense. And, you know, I'm curious also what your favorite, you must have written a lot uh, of articles yeah. uh, in, your, in your career. <laughs> Which one really like is the most memorable for you that you, it doesn't have to be your best piece, but the one that you really enjoyed the most? Yeah, so there's actually two. I wrote for Content Marketing Institute on topic clusters. And at the time, it was already a well-known thing, but I feel like people still find me through that post. And that was published, what, two years ago now, maybe? Um, And the second one is when I worked with Conversion Excel, we did a piece on Google Analytics intelligence. So, you know, that search bar at the top of your analytics page. I basically tested that for hours and hours and hours (laughs) to see what it could do, what it couldn't do. And that was so interesting. You know, most of my work is here's how to do this. Here's how to do that. Whereas that was a full on test. (laughs) That was so difficult to write, but I'm so proud of how it turned out. That's great. Uh, it's really cool. I'm gonna go check. I'm gonna go link that in the in the show notes as well. What I what I want to talk about now is your affiliate affiliate side hustle child project because you talked about how you got a lot of traction for this. You got six point seven six 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 over six thousand monthly visitors now with less than twenty five posts. One thing that is great is that you you don't just you, you so to speak. Uh, eat your own dog food, right? You you write content for these big companies, and you're actually pulling off the same tactics and getting traction for your own your own affiliate site. And I'm I'm curious how this this site got started, or is it just something that you really wanted to like hone in your skills? Uh, it's kind of two reasons why I started. The first was I write about SEO all day long, and I, that's what I used to do at the agency. I practically did it. Whereas now I just write about it. So I feel like I was kind of getting out of the loop a little bit. Um, I wasn't, you know, doing things firsthand. I was just telling other people what to do. And I didn't really like that. So this is one, my test website. And two, it's an interesting story because it's about... The whole site is based around my breed of dog, which is quite unique because it's a crossbreed. There's a few Facebook groups that I joined when I got my dog last year. um, And... There's probably 10,000 people in this group. So it's worldwide, but not huge. Um, And then when I was trying to find advice about my kind of dog, there was nothing, like absolutely nothing. And people in these groups, there was so much content for me there to take. So I just did it. And yeah, that's that's how it started. Just to capture in on that Facebook group demand. Mm. And and so you you have this idea. Where Where did you start? How did you get started with it? So I actually, I had the idea for it two years before I even bought the domain. This is how like much I put things up. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just thought to myself one day, I'm just going to buy it. And even if it just sits there not being used, at least I've done one thing towards it. 
Um, but then you kind of get in that mindset, like once I've done that thing, then I need to move on to the next. Once I've started it, I'm fine getting going. Um, so yeah, I bought the domain. I did two pieces of content to start with, um, bought a random theme, a cheap theme, and then just started from there. That makes sense. And okay, you, you have the site now, you bought the domain. How do you, and this is now getting to your, maybe your process that you apply for your business, uh, other businesses. How do you decide on what topics to write first? So for this uh, affiliate site, it was just Facebook groups at the start. And as well, because I knew what I needed to read when I was in their situation. So this would be like my best advice to anyone is figure out who you are writing for and who is going to buy the thing that you're selling and then work backwards from that. And that was easy for me because that was me at that point. Um, So yeah, I figured out what I would want to know if I was buying this breed of dog, um, the toys I would need, the enrichment games I would need to play with him, everything like that. And then I also mined these Facebook groups. I think there's about five groups for this breed. And I would look at the most popular topics, see what people were saying about that and use that as my outline. So that was everything that someone wanted to know about that in a blog post format rather than a Facebook thread that can get lost. Yeah, that makes... I really love how you're like trying to figure out first who you're going to target, what kind of questions they have, and you're building your content around that. How, once you have the, the topics, how do you, do, do you do a bunch of research? How do you get from that idea to actually creating a, a blog post that's going to do really well? Yeah, or, sure. So I use the Facebook comments as the... the <laughs> that's a great idea. And then because it, this niche is difficult and this what I found was that most generic dog advice would apply to this with a few changes. So say if I was writing what to feed your spaniel, I would type in what to feed your working dog because that's what breed he is. Um, And then I'd take that, figure out what people wanted to know, what links were included, what headings. Specific to what I was talking about, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Is is this a very similar process that you would apply for, for like, let's say, when you wrote a piece for content uh, marketing institute or CXL? Um, I mean, I'm guessing it's a little bit different with with Facebook groups. So you're not, you know, they, it wouldn't be that hard. But like, what what does your process look like for a client that you would be working with? Yeah, so I make sure I ask every client. First of all, who is reading this? Um, not just who they are, but what they actually want to read. Because it's easy to say, you know, our ideal customer. So I start with what do they want? And then I'll go. Um, usually I just look through the Google auto-suggest and the people also ask section. But there are some great tools like Ahrefs and ClearScope that I use um, that can tell me what kind of concepts people want rather than just keywords. I, I've heard of Ahrefs, but what does ClearScope do? Like, well, how does it, like, does it give you suggestions on, on uh, suggest topics for, for specific keywords or what, what is it? Yeah, so you put your main keyword in there and it will pull the most popular keywords that are related to that one, um, how important they are, how many times you should use them. And then also the top, I think it's the top 10 
ranking for that and their content score. So the, the goal is to, it's kind of gamified the whole thing. You have to beat their score with your keywords and your length and your comprehensiveness and things like that. When we come back in just a moment, Elise shares her content distribution strategy that got her 6,500 organic traffic with just 25 pieces of content. Just a quick thanks to our sponsor for this episode, 42 Agency. A 42 Agency works with high growth B2B SaaS companies, helping them build and scale revenue marketing operations that accelerate demand generation and pipeline growth. They've worked with some amazing companies like OnFleet, HubDoc, GuestLogic, Flexity, and more. And to top it off, I actually know the founder of 42 Agency, Camille Rexton. And he knows his stuff. So go reach out to him. You can, he's actually offering a free $500 consulting time for Growth Today listeners. You can visit them at growtoday.fm forward slash 42 or find the link in the description. It'll redirect to their, this special offer. One more thing. Don't forget to download the free growth cheat sheet for this episode. It has all the actionable tips from this episode in a one page PDF. Why take notes when you can just steal mine? You can take all the actionable tips from this episode and apply it to your business to accelerate the growth even faster. You can find the link in the description of this show. Download it now before I take it away because it'll only be up until next week. Enough about this. Let's jump back into my chat with Elise. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about now uh, it, deeper into your uh, your affiliate site. You One of the misconceptions, and I hear this all the time, and a lot of the content marketing folks I talk to in this podcast says it's not necessarily true, is that you have to write a lot of content to rank, to actually get organic traction or or to get some, some, a a lot of visitors. And you've kind of proven it a little bit. You know, you've shown it with your, with your affiliate site, 20, less than 25 posts, you said, and you've gotten uh, 6.7. Uh, well, it's over 6,000 monthly visitors now. What, what yeah. do you say to those people that you need a lot of month, posts to, to a lot of content to rank for Google in, in Google? Uh, it's, this is a tough question because I think I really hit the jackpot with the niche. Um, <laughs> I'd say something like computer software or business software, you do need quite a lot of content to rank. But if it is a smaller niche, say if you're going more in depth into business software, then it is a little bit easier. But I have got two tips that I would recommend. Mm. Um, the first one is to involve other people. It's okay creating content. You can have the best content content in the world, but if nobody knows about it and nobody's involved in it, then who would want to share that? Nobody. So my best tip is to use Helper Reporter out. I usually get about eight to responses for every single query that I put through. And then I write my draft as normal. And then at the end, I'll go through and pick the quotes that match with my content. And it literally is just a matter of slipping them in pressing publish and then letting them know that I've mentioned them in my piece. Because what happens then is that they want to share it because it shows them as an expert. They've been quoted as, you know, this person knows about this topic. Um, and then they'll often as well, they'll link from that from their website to this piece. Mm. So that helps get backlinks basically so easy, <laughs> really easily. Yeah, so my second tip would be to find a promotion channel that really works for you. Um, And this, it doesn't always have to be SEO. You know, people write and think this needs to rank number one in Google. Otherwise it's a failure, but it's not. You know, you can have people come into you directly 
And once they build that connection with you, that can impact SEO in the long run. So I'll give mm. an example with my affiliate site. I use Facebook groups and Pinterest is also a great traffic source for me. So when people land on my website through either of those two places, they come to know my brand name. So if they do search something in Google and they see I'm at the bottom of page one, they'll click me because they recognize me already. Mm. That's good. That's really good. I never thought about it like that. Uh, and I'm curious also as well for um, the how you structured that 20... How, how did you come up with the less than 25 topics um, and which one you're going to target right, right at the beginning? Is it just going back to the Facebook group and like figuring out, sorting it by the number of likes of the topics? Or did you have a different that, kind of system? That would have been a better idea. <laughs> to be honest, it was just a test at the beginning. So I started with... I actually started with a page rather than a blog post in WordPress. Oh. And that was about the, the breed, the dog breed. So if I typed in, is a Sprocker Spaniel? So if I typed in Sprocker Spaniel, I want it to be first. Um, mm. So I did that first, created that as a page. And then everything that I posted after that in blog form, I linked to that page. That that's that's gold right there. I, I want to ask a little. I want to ask a little bit about Pinterest. This this is a black box to me. I don't I don't know how to use Pinterest, and I think it's a lot of brands can use it can can really tap into this, especially B two C. How how did you use Pinterest as a way to drive traffic to your affiliate site? So at the beginning, I created I think it was three to five graphics for each post that I published, and huh. um, just done on Canva, made sure they're very vertical and long and attention-grabbing, um, then posted to Pinterest. But I think now Pinterest actually has a built-in schedule tool. So you can upload your own pin, add the link, add the description, etc., and then choose when you want that to be scheduled. So what I did, I can't remember the timings now, but at the time, used Pinterest and then scheduled Say, for example, it was between 4 and 7 p.m. I do one for 4, one for half, four, five o'clock, and so on. Ah, for drawing yeah. group boards. Yeah, so there's a few dog-related group boards on Pinterest that I'm... And it's so easy. You just put your link pin into this board and all of their followers will see it. Mm, that That's good. <laughs> yeah, that is gold, so to speak. To, <laughs> the way that I mentioned the other one is gold too. I, I want. I'm curious now also about your how you distribute this content. So let's say you've created this post. Do do you post it right away on those those Facebook groups and like right away on like on Pinterest? Like what what are your other How do you how did you distribute your content essentially? So I'm not as big on this as I should be with this affiliate site at the minute. My only process is to create the pins immediately after and share them on that day when they are most people are most active. Um, I don't share it on my personal Facebook or anything like that on my personal Twitter. Um, all I do is when I see a relevant thread in Facebook, I will comment on that, but I'm trying to be early. So, you know, when people comment below, yeah. they all see my one above. Um, so that is my best tip if you are using Facebook is to get in there early. I think there must be a tool where you can set up alerts. I need to look into that. But if there is, then that is what I'm going to be using. Huh. I, you've been talking about Facebook group and I, I actually didn't ask how many Facebook groups are you part of related to uh, this this niche? Um, 
I'd say between three and five. There's one main one, which coincidentally is the same name as my website. So everyone thinks it's my group, but it's not. I've just cashed in on you. <laughs> that is <laughs> good. Cheap. The way to hack the traffic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that is so good. And and just talking about that, one of the things that I'm always worried about with facing posting on Facebook groups is uh, breaking one of the rules. So do you reach out to the moderator first or to the admin or do you just... Uh, go with the wind and <laughs> post it up. Yeah, so I don't actually post in the groups page oh. as a main post. I just reply to comments. So that is a smart way to get around it because you're not saying to people, hey, look, I wrote this. It's amazing. Come come and read it. <laughs> it's more like, hey, I've seen you're struggling with this. Have you read this? Which is my post. Oh, so you don't say this is my post. You just say, hey, no. this is a useful post related yeah. to your content. <laughs> That yeah. is ninja. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite cheeky, but it works. And do you post from your own personal account, or do you did you create like a uh, a page that joins that group so that you know your that page is the one making the comment? Oh no, I just post from my personal Facebook. Ah, oh, that that totally makes sense. The only reason why I keep Facebook, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, like, Facebook is yeah. What what social networks are you, are you on right now? Other than you know, Facebook, are you on, like what what are you most where, where are you most active right now? Uh, work wise, it'll be Twitter, but personal, I have uh, an Instagram account that I'm obsessed with. My screen time is probably like way above what it should be. <laughs> I, I reckon that uh, your affiliate uh, site for dogs would also work really well on Instagram. Is that yeah, something that's you're exploring? What I'm doing, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think okay. he's got, I keep joking to my, my dad. He always says, Hugo is famous because he's got 2,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> what? How did you, okay, all right. Let's, this, this is not part of the questions, but how did your dog get 2,000 followers when I have 600? <laughs> uh, the key is stories. Instagram stories is where it's at. I can post. Any time of day, any amazing picture, any amazing hashtags, and the follower count still won't grow unless you post in stories. So I post between five and maybe 10 stories a day of just what my dog is doing. It's quite boring if you think about it. I don't know how people follow it. <laughs> but I, people just like behind the scenes and knowing that their dog is similar to my dog. It, it sounds silly if you're not a dog person, but that's, that is what's working for me is stories. Interesting. I did not, I did not know this. I don't know how to go on Instagram. So that's, that's very useful. How do you drive them back to following you with a story? Do you just, is it organic where they see your story, they love it and then they follow you? Or do you have like a call to action in the story? Say for more, for more of Hugo's content stories, go follow me. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a link in my Instagram bio, but to be honest, I don't get much traffic from that. Instagram kind of sucks, really, unless you have, I think it's 10,000 followers that you can't do swipe up links on your stories. Um, but a smart workaround, actually, I thought I was so genius when I thought of this. <laughs> if people swipe up on your story, they can react with an emoji. So what I would put on the story is, you know, I'm writing about this. If you want to read it, swipe up, click this emoji and I will send you the link via DM. Mm. It's quite manual and, and tedious, but it works really well with affiliate links as well. So I'll show that product in action. And because I can't do a swipe up, I'll say swipe up, react with the heart eye emoji and I'll send you a link, an affiliate link to where you can buy it. 
That is, yeah, I keep saying gold, but I, I, this is stuff that I don't think about because I'm in the B2B world. But yeah, th- that totally makes sense. Yeah. So you're, I didn't know Instagram was part of the mix. Where, what's the cutoff of your traffic source, if you don't mind sharing? Is it mainly uh, organic search and then a little bit of Pinterest and a little bit of something, Facebook? Like what? what's yeah. like the top three or top five or something like that? Yeah, so SEO is first. I get a lot of traffic through search because most of my content is written just for keywords uh, and very specific keywords as well. Um, and then my second one would be Pinterest because I think, let me just check my analytics. I think actually, I think I've got, I think about 30,000 monthly viewers on Pinterest. So that does drive a lot, <laughs> a lot through. Um, and then they're the two biggest ones, to be honest, them and Facebook groups. Mm. Man, I gotta really figure out Pinterest. That's a lot of views. That that's really yeah. fascinating. I'm I'm gonna jump into that now. Pinterest, like, do you, how many boards do you have? Like, I used to be on Pinterest, and I don't know if they're still boards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're boards. They changed the interface so many times, so it's hard to find the information you actually want now. Uh, let me try and find. So I can't actually see how many boards, but I say less less than thirty, definitely. Oh, that's really fascinating. Um, I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about your advice and tips for for founders and marketers about about content or any kind of anything else about freelancing. What would be your one or two piece of advice for founders or marketers or even free, freelancers? Uh, my best tip overall would be to know who you are writing for. I, I touched on this earlier, but it's so difficult for anyone to write a piece of content about any topic you can possibly think of if you don't know the person who will be reading it. And that goes for content managers who are creating briefs. That goes for freelancers who are writing the content. It goes for anyone. Um, But like I said, it's not just who they are, but what that person actually wants. And then once, uh, and to get that information as well, you can ask, lean on your internal team. So ask sales departments, what questions do customers have before they reach out or what do they struggle with the most? Um, And even customer service, like what do people ring up and say they need help with? Create content around that. That that is your person. That is what they need help with. So why aren't you giving it to them? Big kind of thing. And then also, once you know that, I think it's key to map that to your sales funnel. Um, A lot of people think content marketing ROI is difficult to prove, but it's not. It's just because you don't know how to structure it in the right way. So for example, a piece like X tips on how to do Y, that is very top of funnel. Nobody really has any purchase intent behind that. And that consists of a lot of high search volume keywords so basically people write that content just to get the views and the clicks through um but there's also middle of the funnel so people kind of know that they need help with something but they don't know a who to buy from or b what product is best to solve that problem so this is kind of where you go more in depth with your product tutorials in there mentioning your product can help with this problem and then there's also I think this is so majorly missed out on is Mm. customer loyalty part of the funnel, which is even past the end of the funnel, technically. Uh, Hrefs are my favorites for this. They have so many tutorials that say, this is how to use Hrefs to do this. And that is just gold, like not even for search value, but if your sales team are saying, 
say a customer came to you saying, we've got our HRF trial, we want to cancel because we don't know how to use it properly. That's so easy for that salesperson to go, here's a link to A, B, C, D, go mm. through these and then tell me if you still want to cancel kind of thing. Fascinating. Those are really good tips. I really love how your approach to content is not, you know, when people think about content marketing, it's just like, oh, it's frightening. But you're like actually doing user research or talking to people, which is you know, a lot of what UX, UX folks do. Um, you're doing like problem research, you're jumping into Facebook groups. So thank you for sharing that. That's really, really uh, helpful. Oh, no worries. And just like one final question, uh, you know, this is your time call to action. Where do you want to send people to, um, you know, marketers and founders? Where do you want them to follow you on Twitter, uh, add you on LinkedIn, uh, check out your website? What is What do you want people to do to find out more about your work? So you can find me on my website. It's just my name. It's pretty hard to spell. So I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. It's just elisestopson.co.uk. Um, but you can also catch me on Twitter. That is basically my water cooler. I'm there way too often during the day. But yeah, if you talk to me, then I've got a reason to come away from my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. Lisa. I really do appreciate you talking about your, your work and your project. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Well, that's it for this episode. I want to remind you as well, if you already haven't downloaded my free growth cheat, get it for free right now with all the actionable tips from this episode in a one-page PDF. Seriously, why take notes when you can just steal mine? It has all the tips, the advice, all the frameworks that Elise said on this podcast on a PDF that you can take a look at. Get it at growthtoday.fm forward slash 111 or find that link in the description. Get it before I take it away because I only keep it up until I publish the next episode. And I also want to thank the sponsor for this episode. Now, this folks help cover the cost of hosting and marketing tools so I can focus on getting amazing experts and keeping this podcast alive and free for you to listen to. I want to thank 42 Agency. Now, 42 Agency helps high growth B2B SaaS companies by helping them build and scale revenue and marketing operations that accelerate demand generation and pipeline growth. You can learn more and get free $500 consulting time. Visit them at growtoday.fm forward slash 42. You can find a link in the description as well. Please also support me. There's three easy ways. First, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts so other people can find out more about the show. Second, you can share a quote on Twitter or LinkedIn that is available on the podcast page for this episode. Or you can tell a friend about this podcast. This is how podcasts grow is through word of mouth. There, you can join the Grow Today mailing list where you'll get the cheat sheet directly emailed to you. Well, that's it for this episode. Until the next one, this is your host, Ramley John. Keep safe and as always, keep on growing. Passion, passion. Yeah. 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 Yeah.